Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Welcome. It is December 12th, and the Sabres are not out of it yet. It is Crossing Swords, the show where sometimes we do get our wires crossed, but our swords always are. Let's get our panel in here. Of course, you know him, you love him. 60 seconds and more, Gatesy. And of course, he's going to graduate one day, folks. But for today, he's still the one you know and love in turn, Vinny. Gents, I feel like we're always coming to this show at a point of positivity and in a season where there have been a lot of downs so far. But I want to jump right into it. After last game, after that home loss in overtime, Kyle Ocoso said this has been a different team the last two games. You're foolish if you think otherwise based on what we've seen, the output, et cetera, et cetera. Another big win at home. Another big win. Five out of the last six points. Are we legitimately looking at a before and after Boston with this team? Uh, Intern Vinny, start us off. Uh, mute monster. Uh-oh, mute monster uh, strikes mute yet again. There. First, first of all, forgot to unmute myself. Second of all, lost internet connection for that entire question. Um, so I'm gonna. <laughs> That's I'm very gonna fair. I was saying to reset. That, yes, I want you to reset. And the Sabres team seems to have reset. We're talking about how Poso said after Boston. You know, these last two games going into yesterday, they were a different team, and now we see another big win. Are you buying that there is now before and after Boston with the Sabres team? Well, I'm going to come out of my own mistakes and acknowledge the Sabres' mistakes so far this year. I mean, this is a team that's been inconsistent. I think everybody can see that. And as a result, I think I'm going to continue to expect inconsistency, even though it's the Christmas season and people have been doing a lot of buying presents and buying food for the holidays. I'm not buying into the Sabres just yet. All right, Gatesy, you were were buying in yesterday and another big win. I got to think you're only investing more. Yeah, I, the bank account is currently empty. If you check my five-star app, I currently have $3.64 in the account, and that's all pushed in on the Sabres right now. And I think this difference we are seeing in the team comes from this depth. I mean, Eric John or Eric Robinson's gotten a ton of praise online just from the, the quick impact he's made to this team. But you see from the team from the beginning of the year, the, the bottom six was was dreadful, wasn't doing too much at all. In the past couple of games, Ocposo's leading scorer tied for points. That fourth line's really pushed this team to the next level. And what's really going to make this team actually like good and consistent is if this, these top guys, the top line actually produces because, I mean, they've, they've fallen off a map. I feel like we've been saying this all year. And right now it's the bottom six that's actually pushing this team forward, which is kind of a scary thought knowing these Buffalo Sabres from years past. But the team looks different on the ice. They're playing a much, you know, I think just stronger style of hockey. Um, that I think it's more consistent rather than, you know, the running gun losing 6-4 every night. But um, I'm, I'm optimistic for a future because 
before that Boston game, they had one win all year coming off of a win. So, you know, they're moving some points together. Five out of the last six were looking good and going in the right direction. And we're going to talk about going in the right direction, especially on home ice, like they were able to do last night. But you mentioned him. Let's talk about him. It's the elephant in the room, or in this case, the Eric in the room. Eric Robinson. Uh, you know, with all due respect, uh, Sabres Twitter kind of met this, you know, trade with a yawn and met this trade with with, with outright disdain, plain and simple, uh, comparatively with some of the moves that could have out there. Obviously, the returns early have been good. So I'll ask you both, Gatesy, and then let's go to Inter Vinny. Is this a piece of the puzzle that was missing that Granado is going to be able to make effective or is this fool's fool's gold with a quick return here? I mean, I I think the style of hockey Eric Robinson's playing right now is probably the best we're going to see from him. He's starting to a new team trying to secure his spot. But I mean, we we just talked about it. The team's bottom six has been lacking for a while. He brings some much needed energy. The fourth line before that, Gergensen's, I love him to death. I love Ocposo to death, but just was not clicking. They were just kind of existing every time they're on the ice. And now that line's pushing offense. You know, they're good in their own end. They're just exciting. They're rejuvenating the whole team. So I think it's been a big addition for the Sabres. And every time Kevin Adams makes moves, it seems like doubt left, right, and center. And for the most part, they've been clicking. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, Eric Robinson, the Jack Eichel deal. Like Kevin Adams, you know, for whatever reason, the moves he's making has have been working when he does, you know, decide to pull the trigger. What about you, Vinny? Well, I think sometimes, I mean, we can talk about Kevin Adams here too. I think that's a him conversation as well. I mean, sometimes his moves seem to work out right away. I mean, it's only been 120 minutes and, you know, we have a little bit of production and on other sides of things, maybe they don't work out right away. Jordan Greenway wasn't really a great immediate addition to the team. And then at the start of this season, he was actually playing well. Now, obviously he has not been in the lineup due to an injury, which is unfortunate for him, but he had been playing well and had earned that playing time. And so sort of validated the trade from last season. Now, I think players like Anders Bjork also made an impact when they immediately joined the team. So I'm, I'm again, I'm just not willing to take this small sample size into account with, or I'm, I'm taking the small sample size into account when I'm sort of reacting to this. I'm happy to see that it's not a complete waste after 120 minutes. It seems like it's been positive, but again, you know, I just think there just needs to be some more games in line there. I am interested to see how he impacts games, especially when Quinn is back and Tuck is back and Greenway is back. That will be interesting to see. Uh, I'm with you, Vinny, surprisingly. I know I ride the positive energy train, uh, you know, more than most, but fool me once, shame on you. Steve Bernier me again, shame on me. So with that said, I'm going to wait at least 10 games before we say anything on Mr. Robinson. But speaking of which, we are rounding the one-third mark. So let's bring us into form here. 29 games in for the Sabres. Uh, I think I checked there about five games under 500, six games under 500 with the overtime loss. Um, I want to put out a take here. This is as bad as this 29 games could have gone for the Sabres. I think if you tell any Sabres fan going into this season, up until last night, Devin Levi was throwing an 890 save percentage. You lost Tage for 10 games. Dylan Cousins has not been the same player for this first third of the season. Now, again, is he going to recover? Is he going to be able to get, obviously, improve? I think so. But those are all things you face in this first 29 games. So my take being five games under 500 sounds a little bit ridiculous, but I feel like it could be worse. I feel like they kind of survived this time, and now it might be might be time to flip the switch this next uh, 20, 25 games. The, the, the next little stretch is, is tough, but January looks looks promising. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that this team, I mean, looking at it, we all had these huge expectations going into the year of, you know, 
They overexceeded last year, and I'm guilty of it. I was like, man, they're just going to somehow figure out to continue this into this year. But you're saying, Maniac, Tage being gone really hurt this team. They had to rely on a lot of depth pieces that really weren't, you know, ready or, you know, maybe the right guys for that position. And being where they're at right now is obviously not ideal. I think we all want a couple more wins, but I'm not too concerned about the team right now or how they are. I do think this is a positive direction we're going from here. After the past three games, got points in them, two wins and overtime loss. I think that's a good step in the right direction. And I just think, you know, up it's only up from here. Tage is coming. Tage is back. Quinn is coming back. It looks like the team just kind of gelling at the right time. Hopefully it's all up from here. Yeah, I would agree that I don't think things, I mean, sure, things could have physically gone worse, I suppose. Um, but I think realistically, I mean, yeah, like even the goalie situation, I mean, when and we were balancing that three goalie thing for a while, we talked about that a couple episodes ago about how this just isn't sustainable. And it seems like they're just mitigating problems. Well, guess what? As soon as they sent Levi down, then they had a goalie problem and they had to bring him right back up again. And that was something that they probably wanted to happen sooner. They were not able to get bailed out by that. I'll call it. Okay. Now situations have come up again where they have to balance that. I mean, it's been a really interesting couple weeks here for the Sabres. Now, going forward, a, I mean, if this season is going to get turned around, Cousins has to do literally anything at all. I mean, it has been really disappointing to see his season. He's proved that he can be a producer. I'm not sure what's happened, but hopefully getting Quinn back, maybe putting that line back together, will continue to keep Paterka hot and then get Cousins going, knowing that Jack Quinn is going to be able to do a little bit more play driving on his outside. Very fair, very fair. So I do think we all are kind of in agreement. Nowhere to go but up here for these Sabres. And that's rare, rare for us to all be in agreement. So I'll take that. One thing we have been in agreement on, home ice has been a struggle for the Sabres. Now, obviously, they were able to get it done last night. But I kind of threw this in the rundown for you guys. I mean, this is like an overarching franchise question. I mean, potentially. But with that said, is it is there going to be anything but the will and the, you know, winning of this franchise to solve the home ice problem. I feel like the product at KeyBank Library is a little bit better this year. I've been to a couple of games. I've, they have, they've implemented some new snacks, some new uh, during the game type things to get you pumped up. They are trying, so I give them a lot of credit there. But it just feels like it's already fallen off. And obviously, you know, we're looking at documenting the drought. We're working on some things. I mean, I was shocked that the first year of the drought was actually the highest Sabres attendance in history. For, for year to year, end to year, uh, or for the year average. So a lot going on there, but I just wanted to tee this up for you guys. Is there anything short, like anything that you're seeing that they can do? I mean, besides winning to get fans back in the seats above all, they are doing ticket prom pricing promotions, by the way, for January. I think it's $20 tickets. I think it just falls down to fans are just so sick of getting their heart broken, going to games. This team, you know, they go on a run, they get the hype around them, they get a big home game, and then they seem like they fall on their face nine times out of ten. I think it's going to take a couple times for this team to produce on home ice with the hypes around them when the eyes are on them. And that fans will be like, okay, I'm going to shell out a couple hundred bucks, get down to downtown Buffalo, watch this team play, and you know, expect a good hockey game and not expect, oh, they're going to lose 6 nothing after coming off a big win. It's, it's going to take some time, I think, for fans to get that trust back. And I, I'm really happy the direction the organization's going with making the fan experience better. I feel like there's so much going into that right now that it's only going to go hopefully up from here. It's just... I think it really all depends on the product on the ice. Yeah, I agree with Gatesy to a certain extent. I'm, I think there's a couple of variables that go along with this. I think one of those variables certainly is 
the magic maybe of some of the other new things is gone. I mean, what draws any individual to any sporting venue on any given night, right? It's A, the experience, B, the product, and C, the fanfare. So I think now, and again, you're, you're paying money most of the time to witness those things. If you get all three, that's a pretty good day. I mean, you, most people are going to leave that event saying, I've gotten my money's worth because I got all three of those things to happen. Now, with that said, I would say probably the average Sabres game is giving you 0.5 of the three over the last decade, right? I mean, like you, these variables exist all together at so many times. And I think the biggest variable, I mean, the cost, you're just not getting your money's worth right now. And and that's not really a statement about, I mean, it's a statement about the team. It's a statement about maybe the venues, maybe a statement about the program, but I think it's just a statement in general, but all these things coming together to create sort of this perfect storm of making it difficult for people to want to spend time and spend money to go maybe, maybe have an inconsistent product and ha- go to a, 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 a venue to have, you know, maybe middle of the road fanfare. I mean, there's nights, I mean, they knocked the RJ night out of the park. They knocked the Ryan Miller night out of the park. I am absolutely not taking away from that, but I think the average day, the fanfare is just like fine. And then, you know, the other variable there is right. And like I talked about the product, but I talked about the experience. I mean, like you just kind of go and you sit in a seat and you kind of just kind of go through the motions a lot. And I think they're used to the team, maybe going through the motions on the ice for the past decade. And so they're not ready to just go through the motions themselves and shell out a lot of money while doing it. Yeah, no, I think you guys both made good points there. It is an overarching product and price, like kind of quotient that's created there as we're talking Sabres fanfare on Crossing Swords podcast, episode six. We're making the turn here 29 games in. Donnie and Kevin, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, Vinny, you alluded to it. Uh, You know, you send Levi down and then you immediately get a goalie problem. He's back up. So with that said, I'll put you both in the chairs of Donnie Granado and Kevin Adams, how are you going to manage the goalies going forward? And what are you going to do with the log jam of basically players that you have with a playing as well as he has all season. And obviously, you know, you have Quinn returning, you have the young guys from Rochester. How are you dealing with, let's start with the goalie for both of you. Uh, Gates, why don't you kick us off? Yeah. I mean, the, the Sabres really just kind of put themselves in a corner this whole year with the three goalie rotation. There's really no fantastic option that they can do, especially with the way Levi's played since coming back from Rochester. I mean, he gets one garbage plate in his stomach and he's just a whole new goalie. Grant, there's things he needs to correct. I mean, I talked about a little bit with goals against with Gatesy the other game. I'm just some small things for him, but I think it's just an unfortunate situation this team's in. And it seems like once they they got the two goalies, uh, UPL gets sick. They got to call Levi back up. It's just going to be, I feel like unfortunately going to be a theme for this whole season is, you know, we're going to be having to, and I think something's going to happen. I get the third back up. It's just going to be a constant, you know, unfortunate carousel. Um, and I, I really don't think there's a hundred percent set in stone. This is the best answer for this team right now and going forward in the future. I don't hate the idea of sending Levi back down. And the reason I say that is because I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse here. I've seen a lot on Twitter of like, Levi just like simulated his amateur development going to the AHL. And I mean, that's kind of true based on his recent numbers, but if I'm going to sit here and say, Oh, well, I'm not ready to trust Robinson yet because you know, he's only been here for 120 minutes and I'm not ready to trust 
you know, oh, this other situation because it's only been happening for six games. Well, I can't say that I'm ready to trust Levi in the NHL consistently again because, again, it's only been 120 minutes. It's only been 180 minutes. So how dare I, how dare you bring consistency to your brand? I'm just I, I mean I'm just trying to like make what I'm saying make sense, even though maybe it doesn't. It usually doesn't most of the time anyway. But I'm okay with sending Levi like Lukanen gets back healthy, you know, like very shortly here. I so I am told, and I mean Comrie back in that mix. They didn't play bad. Lukanen had also shown like three game stretch where he was a starting NHL caliber goalie for a while. I'm I think my vote if I were in the Sabres front office, I think, Hey, sorry, Devin. I think he did a good thing here. Let's go. Let's go win some games in the AHL. And, and, you know, maybe if he continues to do that, you bring him back up again because of another sickness or an injury. Well, if he continues to prove himself, then all right. Hey, like you said, maniac fool me once shame on you Fool me twice. Shame on me. Guess what? Now, Devin, you get to stay up here and maybe we'll wave Comrie at that point. But I don't think we're getting that conversation until late January, February. Let's talk about another conversation. Is is it easy to just kind of scratch Zemgis Gergensen's every night, basically? I mean, you're, I mean you can't I mean, get rid of Ocposo. He's the captain, and he's literally playing. He's your best player the last two weeks. Um, I mean, what what are we facing with here, boys? You're going to have, you know, your Quinn is coming along. Uh, you got, you know, other guys coming from injury. You got guys from Rochester who are pushing the team. Clearly, there's there's not enough room on this squad. What is it, Olafson getting scratched? Is it Jost getting scratched? I mean, right. go ahead, Vinny. I, look, I don't know, Gatesy. I mean, I, I don't, I just, I think this is a the difficult conversation, even more so than the goalie thing, because you almost have the opposite problems. You have a couple players that probably, I don't want to say deserve to sit in the press box, but there's a couple players that probably need like a reset, right? One of those players probably is Zemgis Gergensen, but he's like the de facto just Buffalo Sabre. I mean, he's been here longer than anybody, so you almost feel obligated to try to let him like sort <clears throat> things out. Now, obviously, you have the flip side of that conversation, which is he's only been here for losing, like get this guy out of the lineup. But Zemgis Gergensen is a guy who tries hard, and as we know about the way the Sabres set their line chart every night, has a role on special teams. I think they say the same thing about like Eric Johnson when – it clearly should be Ryan Johnson in the lineup every single night based on how he's played, but he doesn't have a special teams role yet. With that said, I mean, based on how he's played, I'm like, how you're not going to do this, but like maybe cousins deserves a night off in the press box. I mean, it is Tyson Joe's as much as I love, I love the way he plays probably also maybe deserves a night off to bring in. I mean, again, you're going to get these guys healthy again, Greenway needs to get back in the lineup. And then the role that he's filling is kind of that Gergensen's role. So, you know, it's really about role substitution. You can't have too many of the same players in the lineup. I think between Robinson, Gergensen's, and maybe Greenway to a certain extent, and that might be discounting what Greenway does. You can't have all three of those, especially and again with Oposo and again with, with, you know, I guess Krebs and again with, I mean, those other players in that lineup, like Jost, you can't have five guys who all play the same role. That's just not a winning formula. And I think the big theme we've seen from this year from the Sabres coaching staff and just organization as a whole is they're not afraid to give guys minutes who deserved it on the ice. We look at Zach Benson. They could have easily sent him back after nine games. And, you know, fans would have forgotten it by now. But they kept him here because he played that well. He's still in the lineup on the team's second mm -hmm. line. You look on the back end with Ryan Johnson. He got called up due to a couple injuries. Could have easily sent him back down. Fans would have forgotten about it. I mean, hell, 
Jacob Bryson's been in the press box 26 nights this year. He's played three games. He's still just hanging around. I mean, unfortunately, that's how things have been going for this team. You know, not unfortunately, but, you know, there's guys who might have a, you know, more solidified name in the NHL that just aren't getting, you know, the time that they thought they'd be getting. And I think that's really good for this team. And unfortunately, it might come to the expense of, you know, having a Zemgus Gergensen in the box once in a while when you have guys in the lineup who are proving themselves. Eric Robinson comes in right away, solidifies his spot in the lineup just from three games. Granny's got to continue that once Gergensen comes back. Because, I mean, Gergensen's have a little setback with his injury. So who knows by the time he comes healthy, what guys are hurt, what guys are playing great, which guys aren't. I think it's going to be a night-by-night basis, which is going to make this team better. You know, having to play your best each night, put maximum effort in to stay in the lineup. I think it's going to be really good for this team now and going forward. Maximum effort, just like Deadpool. Okay, speaking of which, we know this team has to make a run if they are going to get back into it, obviously being a couple games below 500. Let's talk these next nine games, a.k.a. between now and 20. 24. I got two notes on these nine games. First, it's the most magical time of the year. No, not the holidays. Sabres after dark coming up. And then once these Sabres play the Coyotes at, uh, you know, in Arizona on the 16th, they don't play a game out of New York State until the 31st. So that is a chance for the Sabres to get some home cooking, get fueled up, and potentially get that home ice moxie we were talking about. But gents, give me the record for the Sabres over the next nine games. They will be at Colorado, at Vegas, at Arizona, home against Columbus, home against Toronto, at Rangers, home against Bruins, home against Blue Jackets, and at the Ottawa Senators. So you got some tough games. You got some, you know, lesser opponents. You got the Coyotes who you just beat, obviously. Uh, what do you got for the record, boys? I mean, I think 5-3-1 and one wouldn't be too bad. There's some really good teams in there. Um, the, the Sabres have to finish the stretch at, above 500, I think, to continue these good vibes. Um, but five, three, and one, I think is a really good benchmark for this team. If they hit that, I think we'll be cruising going into 2024. The number that jumped into my head was two. I have a feeling there's going to be two games that we probably should win in regulation. Don't, and then drop in overtime. And I think that's going to bite them a little bit because I'm foreseeing something like maybe it is four, three, and two. Maybe it's three, four, and two, and then you're on the wrong side of that equation. That number has been the one jostling around in my head just based on these matchups. I mean, I have a hard time believing we're going to beat Boston twice in three weeks. I have a hard time believing we're going to be able to beat the Avalanche and the Knights and the Rangers all in this stretch along with the Bruins. And, I mean, on any given night, I mean, we saw how good Fantilli was, you know, in a game just a week and a half ago. I mean, the Blue Jackets are no joke. I mean. The NHL, it's tough to win, right? I mean, it's a professional sporting league, but I think that 3-4-2, and 4-3-2 and two number is, is kind of where my head's at. Oh, 3-4-2, stinky, stinky. Yeah. 6-1-2. Wow. 6-1-2 down the stretch. Levi's wow. hot. You're going to get UPL back hopefully in a couple games here, hopefully at the end of that Western Conference stretch. So that's basically five days away. You can give them that time to rest. You get a couple of good games from Levi. Give me one steal from Comrie. That's what I'm saying right now. That I'm not depending on everything else in the team. I need Comrie to steal me one game in this stretch where he plays above average goaltending, and that's what I need from him. I'm optimistic. I think we're all optimistic. Like we said, the Sabres toughest game, uh, toughest part of the schedule might be behind him, boys. Yeah, I mean, even the Comrie stuff, like people got really down on him for his two games where the Sabres were playing their absolute worst hockey the entire year. Before that point, he was playing really well before he got hurt. I think, you know, run run him. He's going to steal a game in their Maniac. I, I agree with you there. I think 
the vibes are good right now. Let's keep them going from here on out. Only time will tell. I will say I am excited to get some of our talented top six players back in the lineup. I, I That might add the rejuvenation that this this roster needs. I didn't think we were going to miss Quinn this much, but I can't wait for him to be playing Sabres hockey again. Yeah, the only thing that pumps me up as much as getting Quinn back in the lineup is hearing breaking free when Jeff Skinner scores a goal, of course. So we are soaring. We are flying. Make sure you're following on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you're following, especially on Twitter and Instagram for all those breakdowns from Gatesy and, of course, 60 Sabres in 60 seconds. Thank you to our panel. Make sure you're following them. Be Cristiano 3, Gatesy 35, myself, Zach Sheldon. And remember, this is the show where, yes, we do get our wires crossed, but our swords always are. Let's go, Sabres!